Greetings, Team Adulam. Karibuni sana tena. We are now on our third episode of a series that we started called Hearing and Obeying God's Voice. And this is our third episode. Yes! And the thing is, is that in our first episode of this series, we talked about the God who whispers. That learning to hear and discern God's voice is through intimacy with God. God's voice is learned through spending time with Him. I hope you guys remember that. That just like a child learns the voice of their parent, that this is how it is for us. That we learn God's voice through spending time with Him. And you know the thing is, is that we hear so many different voices in this world, this busy, busy world. There's so many different voices coming at us. There's voices in our head, voices from the enemy, voices from others, all different kinds of voices. And it is through intimacy with God that we're able to discern God's voice over other voices. Right? And the thing is, is that as the Bible says in James, that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. That as we invest time in the lonely places, if you remember Horeb, the lonely place, the, the desert places, building our relationship with God through prayer and studying his word, we get to learn his voice. And that what we learned as well is that learning God's voice is not a magic trick, right? If you recall, it's an ability that is nurtured through time spent with him. Now, in the second episode, we talked about 10 different ways through which God speaks to us. And I'm pretty sure that there's probably more than uh, 10 ways in which that he speaks to us. But I only mentioned 10. And um, the thing that's so interesting is that, you know, this week, interesting enough, is that God used two of the ways that I mentioned um, to uh, in that message, two of those that I mentioned. So um, what happened is that he gave someone a dream. Um, um, with a word for me. So he gave someone very random, someone a dream with a word for me. And you know, that this random person that I didn't know, you know, eventually came up to me and, and told me about um, uh, what it is that uh, they basically gave me the word that the Lord had spoken to me, which was really dope. And um, it was so timely. It was really regarding a very specific situation. This is someone that I don't know. Um, so in there, if you think about it, he used two ways in terms of he gave that person a dream, right? Remember, we talked about that God speaks to us through dreams. And the other thing that he does is that he speaks to us through people. So then there was the dream that he gave to her and then she came to speak to me about it. So then you can see that there was those two ways in which God used to be able to, to speak. Um, and the thing is that if you recall that I mentioned last week that, that there are times where when God uses people to speak to you, that, you know, that sometimes where, uh, in as much as God uses people to speak to us, so does the devil. One of the things that I've really found to be um, something that, especially in that regard, is that oftentimes when God uses people to speak to you, it's often very random. <laughs> it's never like, that's why it's good not to build like, you know, your whole house upon someone at this is where I hear God's voice because oftentimes it's quite random and it's always something that you know in a kugusayani in a specific place um so oftentimes it's quite random so where you wonder like how did you how did you know that i needed to hear that type of situation you know where it's it's, it's often very random and um, sometimes usually when someone gives you a word and it flies over your head where someone comes and maybe they tell you like uh, you know you i sense you've been very agitated over the last few days and and the lord is gonna you know he says he's gonna give you peace and you're like what do you mean i've been having such a <laughs> such a good week 
<laughs> you wondering when that's oftentimes maybe probably not from the lord you know what i'm saying because it's like it doesn't resonate with you in any way um so that's the thing about god using other people to speak to us i find that sometimes oftentimes it's like very random um but anyway so those are the last two messages that we covered and so today we're gonna talk about do it afraid that's the title of today's message do it afraid now remember this series is called hearing and obeying god's voice so the first two messages were very much about hearing the hearing part and this is more falling on the obeying side of things right (laughs) there's one thing to hear it's another thing to obey right um now the thing is is that when you begin to practice um what we learned in, in in episode one um of this series the absolute certainty is that you will begin to hear God speaking to you. That's one of the things that will happen. And one of the best ways that I, for myself personally, have been able to nurture and sharpen my spiritual ears is by asking God uh, clarity regarding certain things. So asking God questions. And the thing is, is that God, time and time again, would answer those questions. And it began to kind of help me nurture my ability to to hear his voice by asking him um, um, our questions. Now, the thing is that as we journey through this relationship with him, he will begin to ask us to do certain things. That's the thing. This is inevitable. <laughs> this is the inevitable aspect of, of, of being in God's presence is that he begins to, like as you come in, you're gaining clarity. That's cool because you get back your clarity and you're like, wow, thank you. Then, uh, but then the table stand where now he begins to start telling you to start doing some things, <laughs> right? And if the Bible is anything to go by, God's instructions oftentimes can be incredibly intimidating. Right? There, are, there are many times where he, he will ask of you or give you an instruction that is just like, wow, <laughs> like, really? You know? And what's even more intimidating is that oftentimes when God speaks to us or calls us to do something, he will almost never show us the full picture of how we will accomplish that thing. So what he does is that he gives us bits and pieces of information concerning the mission that he has given us or the instruction that he has given us. And when we follow through on that first instruction, he then shows or tells us the next thing. Right? This is part of the reason why we are literally told that we walk by faith and not by sight because it's literally a walking with very little information and simply believing God. Because if you operate by sight, we won't move because it seems absolutely ridiculous you know take abraham for example where in genesis 12 god tells him go from your country your people and your father's household to the land that i will show you like he didn't give him like okay go from your country in which direction (laughs) you know he didn't tell him he just tells him go from your country your people and your father's household to the land i will show you that's it then he gives him, he, he gives him a, a, an instruction and a vision, right? He says, you'll be the father of many nations and you'll do all these great things. But then he tells him, go from your country. And so Abraham, this is part of why, why Hebrew, talk, Hebrew 11 talks about him because they're like, dude, the guy just sets off. He, he sets off not knowing where he was going. It actually says that in Hebrew, not knowing where, where he was headed, right? But the thing is, is that he, he, he incidentally heads in the direction of Canaan. And God knew that Abraham would head in the direction of Canaan. 
for whatever reason, he knew that Abraham would head in this direction, right? And the thing is, it's not until Abraham gets to Canaan that then God tells him, to your offspring, I will give this land. Where he basically now, at the point when he gets there, that's where now he, he's told, this is, this is, this is where you're, you're supposed, to, you're supposed to, to go, right? You know, it's, it's so interesting. Um, if, if, if you see this time and time again, whether it's with, with, its, with its Moses, with Joshua, with Gideon, with even Philip in the New Testament. You know, in Acts 8, it says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Then it says that, So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, um, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Right? So the thing is, is that after that he goes, he baptizes this guy and the rest is history. But notice that with Philip, it started first with him first following the first instruction to go south. And once he did, it is when he receives the next instruction. Right? You know, it's interesting, there's, uh, I remember there's a time hearing Reverend Kula uh, saying this, that, that, that God is like Google Maps, right? Where when you get close to the destination is where you hear, in 500 meters, turn right, you know, it's never like at Yuko when you start, it's, it's, you're given the, 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 when you get there, then it's like when you get close to the direction, turn right, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's the same thing where it's just like you, you, he gives you instruction in, 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 in piecemeal information, which is why we have to walk by faith. The thing is this, is that there are times also where this isn't only in regards to, you know, God giving us an instruction. There are times where we could be praying for something and God answers, the God's answer to us is something so random that literally doesn't appear in any way related to the thing that you prayed for. Right? So, for example, maybe you're praying for um, a financial breakthrough. And as you're here, you're praying for, God, you know, I need you to make a way for me. I need a financial breakthrough. And then as you're here praying, you, you, you come out of prayer and then God tells you that he wants you to start going to the gym. And you're like, what? So you in your mind, you're like, because those two things are not related, you're like, I'm over here praying for a financial breakthrough. God done on English at your gym, <laughs> right? So you're wondering to yourself, right? What, 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 what do these two things? So you, in your mind, obviously, you obviously do not connect the two because they are completely unrelated, right? And so you, you just go on, just lingering because you think that God is wanting to get you, you know, to get you to be in fitness. You know, he's like, I want you to be fit. So you linger that whole fitness thing, right? You, you start contending with God. God is just there telling you, yeah, go to the gym. Uh, you've been praying for a breakthrough. He's just telling you, go to the gym, go to the gym. So maybe three months later, you decide, ah, I'm tired of being sumbulioed about this thing. Let me just join the gym. And when you join the gym, right? Uko there in week, week, week three, where you're wondering, now where am I here? Week three, you literally meet a guy that offers you an opportunity that gets you out of the financial situation that you are in. Right? So there's certain things God will ask you to do and you are completely lost in regards to the significance of what that thing is about. Right? So there are times where it's, an, it's, it's either an intimidating instruction 
or it's something where you're just like, what does this have to do with anything, <laughs> right? You just have to do with anything. You're you're praying for you're praying for patience. You're praying for patience, Lord. I just want to be more patient, you know? And then you start feeling this God compelling you to get a cut. <laughs> this is kind of my, my, I think that's my story. <laughs> Right? You start feeling like God is here telling you get a cut and you're just like, what? You're like, that's so random. Why would God, you know, start putting on my heart the thing about getting a cut? And you don't, I mean, you, you, because the way you see things, you, if you walk by sight, you, you don't understand that there's a possibility that the reason why God is telling you to go in that direction is because it's an answer to the prayer about patience. You get what I'm saying? So, you know, um, like in the case of Philip and Cornelius, where Philip sees a vision. He sees a vision and he doesn't understand. Right? Then he receives an instruction from the Holy Spirit, right? To follow some guys who come. Right? So, first and foremost, obviously, he has no idea that this vision that he's just seen is related to these guys that are coming. Right? But anyway, he follows through. He, he, he decides to follow through. And it's only later, it's only much later. Where Philip, sorry, Peter is like, oh, wait. He, and he manages now to connect that vision to this thing that he is currently doing. So it's a thing that, he, that the connection now comes much later, right? Um, you know, a few months ago, there's a, there a friend of mine um, uh, who, who told me of, of a calling that they had received to go start a worship ministry. And as we spoke about it, it sounded like God had given him the instruction on where to start. But then, you know, he tells me that he's waiting for the full details from God before he starts. And I quietly really laughed because I was just like, oh, you know, that I just feel so, you feel so bad for someone. You're just like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Because I had to just gently tell this person, my friend, let me just be, be honest with you. God doesn't tend to work like that. The God that me, 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 Najwanga, Kutokapa, Biblia, he generally reveals in part and then waits for us to move in faith in the things that he has instructed us to do before he reveals anymore. Right? That's just how he is. <laughs> right? And so, the thing is, is that when I told this guy this, he didn't like it one bit. <laughs> he thought he was, he was just like, no, 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 but you know me, you know me, me, I, you know me, I have to, I need the full details. Right? I, I need, I, you know, for me, for me to be able to, and I was just like, hey, bro, this is going to be, this is going to be a tough lesson. This is going to be a tough lesson for you because the thing is, is that it would literally mean for him the reason why I believe he was resisting is, is because he would have to move with very little information than he was comfortable with, right? Very little information. And, and, and I, I'm sure for many of us, we can identify with, 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 with my body, right? I mean, I personally have been there very many times, right? Where it's incredibly difficult to move on an instruction from God because it either seems really intimidating and we need more information on it, Right? Or it appears like an irrelevant instruction in comparison to what we deem to be important, right? Um, it's like, why, Lord, why are you here talking to me about this thing? I mean, that, what does that have to do with anything, right? Um, and you're wondering, what, how is this related to anything? Oh, it's just intriguing. You need more information. I, you're like, man, I need more info. Now, the thing that I want us to do is that I want us to look at a certain character in the Bible. I want us to look at the life of Gideon to gain some insight into how to obey God's leading, right? Now, the thing is, is that I want us to read Judges chapter 6. Now, because it is a very long chapter, 
it's not very long it's just a whole chapter and i would prefer at this very moment in time i want you to pause the video at this point and go and read judges chapter six and once you are finished reading it click play okay so pause right now and go read it all right i am so glad that you mesoma tafadhali please do not continue if you have not read you have to go read so that you can understand everything that we're going to talk about here today 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 so now here's the thing what you just read in Judges 6. Now, the Israelites have been under heavy oppression, as you read, for seven years under the Midianites, right? The Midianites were all severely oppressing these guys. These guys were in perpetual oppression to the extent that they were hiding in caves, right? They were hiding in caves. This is, the Israelites now are just they are hiding in, in, because the Midianites would come and literally plunder whatever it is that they see these guys um, uh, doing that's productive. They will come and plunder it, right? And so Gideon, who was just like a regular guy, Right? had come out of hiding to go and get some food. Right, You're going to go and get some wheat some, before the Midianites come and destroy whatever work that they have done. So he comes and he's, he's out there to get, to, get, to, to get some food. And the angel of the Lord appears to him and he's like, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> and I love, I love Nini. Oh, I really love uh, Gideon's response where he's just there like, uh, pardon? <laughs> like, uh, sorry, who you talking to? <laughs> like, just like, you talking to me? <laughs> you talking to me? Who, who, who's a mighty warrior here? Who you talking about? Um, which, by the way, uh, that right there is like a whole other sermon, by the way, about how, you know, it is God who knows and sees you as you truly, really are. And oftentimes, it's not how you see yourself or how the world sees you. That's a whole other sermon. You know, this is why, you know, what, he's, what God says about you is more important than what you say about yourself. And it's more important than what the world says about you. Right? And when you enter into consistent agreement with who he says you are, your life will be completely transformed. But that's a conversation for another day. We shall do it one day. Where they need, what, does, what, what, is, what does the Lord say about you? And coming into agreement with what God says about you, over what you say about yourself and over what the world says about you. Hallelujah. Anyway, so now, after the Lord says this to Gideon, he begins to question whether God was with the Israelites. And rightfully so. These guys have been under consistent oppression. Right? They have been under consistent oppression. Where is God? When you are, you're, telling me, you're telling me the Lord is with me. Where? He's with me where? Where is he? Where is God? Right? And when you look at the situation that they were in, Gideon was, was in a sense right in being able to ask this. Then here comes the bombshell. Right? There comes the bombshell. <laughs> God says to Gideon, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? At this point, Gideon is like, say what? Right? He says to the Lord, but how can I save Israel? <laughs> my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And not only is my clan the weakest, even within my own family, I am the least. <laughs> I am the least. I am the weakest guy, the weakest link. How is it that you can tell me to go and save Israel. How, dude? Right? So this is part of that whole, what we are talking about, intimidating instruction. Right? And Gideon is experiencing that. Right? Where he's just like, hey, my guy, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you know who you're talking to. I don't think you're talking to the right guy. 
And I'm sure this is a response that many of us can identify with, right? Where God asks you something and you're like, me, me. How, Lord? How, me, I'm the guy who's going to do something like that. There's no way, right? And notice too, that the Lord doesn't tell him how he's going to do this. Instead, what the Lord tells him is, I am with you. And then he proceeds to provide him with a vision that you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive, right? Now, here's the thing, that there are times where God can provide a vision with no mission, but he rarely ever gives a mission with no vision. Now, the thing is, I know that sounds like, you know, that very famous pastor word play. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like it sounds so powerful. We're going to talk about this more next week, okay? We're going to talk about this more next week, right? So for Gideon, the mission is to deliver Israel out of the Midian's hands. And the vision is that he will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Most times the vision is always dope, but the mission not so much, right? And anyway, we'll talk about this more. We'll talk more about this next week. So now what happens thereafter is that Gideon asked the Lord for a sign that he's the one speaking to him. He's like, God, give me a sign, first and foremost, that you're the one who's talking to me. And when, so God does give him a sign. And when God rea- Gideon realizes that it is God really speaking to him, he freaks out and he's just like, yo, my goodness, I can't believe like God has come to talk to me, right? I can't believe that God is talking to me. You're going to have that moment where it's just like, you're like, I'm hearing from God. God is speaking to me. Right? And it's, in a sense, it's, 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 for some it may be a moment of rejoicing, for others it's a moment of intimidation, right? that God is actually speaking to you. But then God says to him, peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. Now, one of the things that happens in this story, is, as you see, is that, that, that this is where Gideon begins to, and he says the name that I have seen God, and God is my peace, right? Now, one of the ways that you're able to know that God, one of the ways um, and, 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 uh, uh, that, that can allow you to know that it is God speaking to you is peace. There's an undeniable peace that comes with even the most insane instruction from God. It doesn't mean you, it won't be an intimidating um, instruction. It just means that there's a surpass, surpassing peace that you, you know, that you cannot understand, you know, a peace that surpasses understanding. And oftentimes when we, when we learn how to lean into the peace, then that's when we are able to know and discern um, when God is speaking to us. Is, is peace is one of the things that allows us to be able to, 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 to discern and to know that God who is speaking to us, right? And this is what happens here with Gideon, is that God basically tells him, peace, peace. And that's when Gideon now comes and he says that um, I have seen the Lord, that God is, Yahweh is Shalom, that God is my peace. Okay? Now, after the mission has been given, the first instruction comes. Remember I told you where God gives you a mission, doesn't, doesn't tell you how it's going to be done. So then the first instruction comes, and the thing that's so interesting about this instruction is that this instruction, similar to what I had mentioned earlier, doesn't seem in any way related to the mission. Right? So remember there was the intimidating instruction, then there's now this insignificant, uh, not insignificant, but it's almost like in a sense, what is this related to? How is this related to anything, right? And this first instruction that comes is, um, 
is, is to tear down his father's altars to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole, pole besides it. And thereafter, he was to build an altar to the Lord and offer a sacrifice to the Lord. Right? So when you look at that instruction, you're just like, what does this have to do with the Midianites? Who knows? Right? But Gideon followed through with that instruction, but it says that he did it at night because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople. He was afraid of his family and the townspeople. So he alifanya osiku. Right? Now, the thing that happens is that the next day there's some commotion surrounding this issue where the people literally call for him to be killed. Right? For what he did. But he, then what happens is, is that they end up being convinced otherwise by his, his very father, whom he had gone to burn his Baal um, uh, altar. Right? And his Asherah pole. It's his father who comes to his, to his rescue. Right? So the thing that happens with instruction number one, everything goes all good, right? In as much as he, it, it was, he, he did it at night afraid, the instruction, everything goes through sour, sour. Then comes the, the real deal, right? The people God called him to destroy, the Midianites, prepare to come into battle with Israel. And it says that the spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon and he starts to, by blowing the trumpet, right, to summon people to war. He manages to gather allies to go to war with him. But before he takes them to battle, he asks God to, for continuous, in fact, he asks for, for multiple confirmations by laying out fleeces before the Lord, right? He goes and he asks God for confirmations by laying out fleeces before the Lord. And the thing is that the Lord confirms every single uh, thing that Gideon comes in terms of being able as a confirmation he confirms every single thing and what happens is that Gideon then proceeds to go into battle to execute the mission that God had given him now having shared all this here is the thing that I want us to take out from this story about Gideon and in regards to hearing and obeying God's voice you know the thing is is that in many interpretations as you read this about what Gideon did what we see is a in essence, in that chapter, is a fearful man with very little faith testing God. And you know, the Bible does tell us that we're told not to put the Lord to the test. Gideon was evidently weak in his faith, and he needed multiple confirmations before he was able to act. You saw in the beginning where he needed a sign to know that it was the Lord speaking. Then you see later, he's laying out fleeces before the Lord. Even after he has had the confirmation that it is the Lord speaking to him, he's laying out fleeces to be like, hey, my guy, I need confirmations, right? But the thing is, I want to give a slightly different perspective to this story of Gideon. That though Gideon had little faith, he did not allow his fear to stop him from doing what God had directed him to do. Gideon did it afraid. You see, the thing is that Gideon's story, if you go to the next chapter, doesn't end with him needing a confirmation for every word that God gave him. As he went along, his faith grew and he no longer needed confirmations over every single word that the Lord would say to him. Later, when God would speak, he would move, right? And my point to you today is this. Yes, it's intimidating when God asks you to do something. There are times where there are doubts flying around your head. There are times when our faith is too weak to move and we need additional confirmation from the Lord. There are times when we're overwhelmed with fear. When it's, you know, and, 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 and we all know those moments 
What if it's me talking to myself and it's not God? Lord, please give me another sign that you're the one who is speaking to me. There are times you find yourself running around in circles around something that God is asking you to do. Confirmation after confirmation. And you're still afraid. What I'm saying to you today is that, like Gideon, do it afraid. Doubts may be how his story began, but it's not how it ended. There are times you hear people like me here saying, hey, you know, the Lord spoke to me, you know, I, I, so I did blah, blah, blah. And you're like, wow, <laughs> like, how do you just hear and just do, right? But this has been over years and years of training and learning and moments of doubt and moments of, of, of questioning and wondering, is that, is that you, Lord? There are times when I have thought it was the Lord who spoke to me and it, was, you know, it wasn't. And it's just like, this has been a journey. It has been a whole journey of basically refining my ability to be able to hear what God is saying. It is through that whole journey that you're now able to know that that is God and that isn't. And even now, I'm still learning. We are all still learning. But the thing about Gideon is that though he was afraid, he did not allow fear to stop him from doing what God was telling him to do. Being scared shouldn't stop you from anything God directs or inspires. You know, this reminds me of the story of uh, Peter walking on water in, in, in Matthew 14, where, you know, Jesus is, is walking on water, and when the disciples see him, they think it's a ghost, and they are terribly afraid. They are terribly afraid. Then Jesus tells them, you know, don't be afraid, you know, don't be afraid. Then Peter says to, says, says to Jesus, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And Jesus says to him, come. Peter then gets out of the water and begins to walk on the water. And the water, and as he's walking on the water towards, walking towards Jesus, what happens is that he begins to now be intimidated by the winds and, and the waves that are blowing. And what happens is that he begins to sink. So he loses his focus on Jesus and begins to now focus on the wind and everything. And he begins to be like crying. He starts to cry out, Lord, save me. Then the Bible says that immediately, Jesus reaches out his hand and catches him and says to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? Now the thing that's interesting about this story is that it's always told from the perspective of Peter's little faith. We always talk about it from that perspective. But we never talk about the fact that of all the disciples that were on that boat that day, he was the only one who had the faith to ask to walk on water. Peter was the only one who had the faith to ask. My point to you is this. Little faith is always better than no faith. Little faith is always better than no faith. That when Peter came out of that boat, all those other guys are just there seated watching, fear, fearful. But Peter is the only one who walked out. And even when he sank, it says that immediately, Jesus caught him. Little faith is always better than no faith. And unless we take the leap, we will never learn or get a chance to live in the miraculous. Yes, we may have doubts regarding the prompting we are sensing from God. We may lay out all the fleeces that we want and get confirmation after confirmation that does not ease our doubts. My imploration to you today is do it afraid. Do not allow your fear to stop you from doing what God is directing or inspiring you to do. If you sleep, he will catch you. 
If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want you to know that in spite of what your life may look like or what it is that you may be going on in your life, God is with you. You cannot follow a God that you're not sure is with you. It is very difficult. This is the confidence that we have to make mistakes. And that's part of the reason why he says to Gideon and every single person that he calls, he always tells them, he always tells them, I am with you. I am with you. This is the enduring confidence that we're able to have even in places of doubt is that in the broader aspect of every single instruction, whether it's like, maybe I got it wrong, maybe I got it right, whatever, God is with you. That when we put our faith in him, he is with us. And because he is with us, he will always guide us. He will always lead us. And when we go astray, he he says even in the scriptures that he is a faithful shepherd. He is the faithful shepherd to his sheep. That he will always, through his, his rod and his staff, will guide us and will lead us to green pastures. That when you etch this in your mind and your heart, that God is with you. That when you put your faith in Christ, that God is with you. That if you've put your faith in him, God is with you. So you can begin to heed the promptings that he reveals to you. We've already talked about the different ways that God speaks to us last week. And if he reveals something to you, follow that instruction. It can be the most insignificant of things that makes no sense in the broader sense of things. Or it can be something intimidating. You pull out your fleeces if you need to, you know, um, but set your heart on this. That I will obey where God directs or inspires, even if afraid. Like I said, little faith is always better than no faith. Because faith, like Jesus says, the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Do it afraid. Do not let it stop you from doing what it is that God is inspiring you to do. You know, I remember in November 9th, 2016, I'll never forget this, when I went and had breakfast with Reverend Goi Odera. And in that breakfast, um, he tells me that, um, Thimba, I think it's time for you to get back on the pulpit. Where he says get back is because the last time I had preached on a pulpit was probably, I believe, 2001. So for 15 years, I hadn't been on a pulpit for 15 years, hadn't preached anywhere or done anything. And the thing is that I'm sitting here across from, from, from the Reverend and he's telling me that I want you to get back into preaching. And I remember at the time, like having one billion doubts in my mind, but feeling deep in my heart that God was the one calling me into this mission, that, that there was a word that needed to get out of me. And I could sense it, but I had so many doubts. I mean, I, I remember being so scared. I was so scared. <laughs> oh, I was so scared. I remember when he was talking to me after I said yes. I remember I said yes. And I, and I remember when I left there, I just thinking to myself, I'm like, this is, this is so crazy. Like, why, why did I say yes? Why did I say yes to that? Like, I feel, because at the point in time, I, always, I felt like, you know, the way my life was set up at that time, I was just like, there's no way I should be on any pulpit doing any type of ministry towards anyone, right? But the thing is that I felt God calling me to do it. And when the call finally came now the next year in April, where I was told that I'd have my, my Sunday to come in, in front of the church and speak, I remember I was so scared. I was so scared. First and foremost, I didn't tell anyone that I was going to preach. I didn't even tell my family. 
right? I went there like a solo agent, like just we call secret agent, right? And and I remember being so scared and and wondering, you know, what would people think if I even told them? Like I was like, I'm not gonna take any pictures. Because why would a girl like me be on a pulpit? Do you get what I'm saying at the time? And I remember on that day, preaching, I was shaking. Like even before my heart was literally outside of my chest. Outside of my chest. And ended up doing the whole kind of, uh, you know, getting on stage and preaching. And my friend, literally the rest is history. You know, a, a few weeks ago, when I was, uh, I was preaching at that same church, Nairobi Chapel South, that I preached in that day when my heart was outside of my chest, fully so scared, so scared. And I remember just thinking to myself as I was getting, um, I was just about to get up on stage, and I remember thinking how, like, when did I become this guy, like, literally sitting there and I had zero fear. I had no, I have no, nowadays, like when I go on and preach anywhere, like I'm just like, it's like pff, stillness. I literally have no fear at all, at all, right? And then on top of that, just to think the fact that like out of that, that decision is how this ministry came to be. That this ministry is the result of a decision that was made terribly afraid, terribly afraid. And the thing is that at this point in time when I think about my life now is that, you know, at a place of where I'm obeying big instructions like, you know, start a ministry or seemingly small instructions like go get a, go get a cut <laughs> and all the stuff in between. And all in all, the thing is that we're here just walking by faith, not knowing how some things will be done. Or even what some things mean but we move with the strength that we have and this is what God said to Gideon and this is what I'm saying to you today go with the strength you have and the thing is is that I'm here to report that it has been a magical journey following and obeying God's leading in spite of the instruction and so my sister and my brother, today, if you sense God's leading, do it afraid. Go with the strength you have. God is with you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word today. Father, I thank you for those who I know that you are speaking to right now because you are the God who speaks. Father, I pray in Jesus' holy name that you would embolden them by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would grant them the courage to do that which it is that you're calling them to do. Father, I pray that this message would pierce into their hearts and that they would look at the fear and the doubts and move in spite of those things. I pray, Father, that you would embolden them with the courage to be able to just set out and go and begin to live this magical journey of following after your prompting and following after your leading in whatever way it is that you direct. Father, I pray that you would awaken your people, that we would be a church that follows your leading and that will learn and subscribe onto this journey, even if we're afraid. 
we honor you, we thank you, because we know that this work and everything that we will do, you are with us. And we thank you for this. For us in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching. Listen, if this message blessed you, please be sure to share it with someone whom you love. Share it with a friend, a colleague, anyone. And then also, listen, support us. Support this ministry so that we can be able to make more dope content and be able to spread this message of the kingdom to as many people as possible. And then, make sure that you subscribe. Sawa, subscribe. Subscribe, wherever the button, subscribe, subscribe. God bless you guys.